0: mode round 32 this is the official video game podcast of secret friends unite and also the podcast featuring the worst facial hair in the world that is by me todd oxtra i look like yosemite <laughs> sam and wyater had a baby <laughs>
1: i like it i think you're going uh you know full-on quarantine stash uh it's 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 working for you I, you know why we might as well we're stuck inside we might as well have some fun if you didn't notice already i gave myself kind of a, a hawkeye from endgame-esque haircut. <laughs> I, my hair i was having the white boy manfro. Uh, going oh, yeah. on the sides of my head were just just sticking out and i got really just sick of it the other day and i just i i picked up my clippers to kind of trim my beard even though it's starting to grow back now um and uh yeah i just i just went up the side of my head and was like well we're into it now and uh so anyway it's 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 not the best it's not terrible as bad as i thought it might be but it's it's definitely not the best but you know what Quarantine life. I uh
0: my son let me trim the sides and the back of his hair, but that was all he would let me do. And then the wife was like right. looking at it and everything, and like, around the ear. The problem is when you make a mistake with that type of thing, you mm-hmm. can't go back. You either have to like yeah. embrace it, or you're like yep. uh, it's going to look bad for a couple weeks.
1: That, well, yeah, that's it. There's no uh, there's no edit undo. Um, uh, and it was so I went with you know the Clippers with the guard and everything so I, I I wasn't I wasn't going too far down on the guard as you know leaving leaving it a little bit bigger so I didn't want to like you know buzz it straight down like Charlie did holy he just went for it didn't he
0: a little bit yeah he he <laughs> is, well, long story for Charlie he he is my co-host on Secret Friends he had dyed his hair because he's a cosplayer and he wants to look differently and he's gone prematurely gray actually when we we're in college I think he started going gray so he colored it. Then he didn't like it. So then he buzzed it off and then it became like the, the, the haircut that shook the internet.
1: Right. Yeah. As long as he, uh, I way. think he looks good as, uh, with, with the shaved head. Like he just pulled it off instantly. I was, I was yeah. very surprised. He looks, uh, he looks great with it. So, so if you're listening, Charlie, uh, thumbs up from, from Canada land. Uh, I wasn't that brave. So yeah. I just, uh, you know, I left a, a decent amount of the, the guard up, but, um, yeah, it's still, it was still kind of scary. Cause Uh, At one point, I did want to take the guard off completely and just have a straight, like, razor um, just to get rid of some, like, little flyaways and stuff. Mm Kind of, like, fade it in kind of thing. And, uh, oh, man, that was – I'm glad I have very steady hands because it was – I was just doing it myself. It was a fun surprise for the wife. And, uh, yeah, anyway, here we are. Um, Hawkeye and Colonel Sanders. (laughs) You the video I say, card. I say, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mark. If you did want to get really, uh, you really want to get inventive, you could have Loren just do your island enamel crossing on your head,
1: like the Ooh. back of your head all around. You're the back, of my yeah, no, yeah. that that could work. That uh, we'll see. That'll be the next step. Give me a couple more weeks of quarantine, and uh, then the crazy shit will start coming out. It'll be yeah, just you know carve a river or something into the back of my head and let's get some let's get inventive with some dyes you know really really have some fun with it I think.
0: yeah that kind of leads into what we're playing obviously i know what you've been playing mark
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes sir uh so animal crossing i don't even know if i want to admit this but you know what this is a safe space 80 hours so far Mm. Let's do the math. Let's see. Since the 23rd
0: is when it came out,
1: uh, sure. I don't have a calendar in front of me. I don't know what is it? the days That's are. Like all an together. Of four hours a day, Mark. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> now came with the 19th, didn't it? Was it uh, March, March 19th? The, the
0: 20th. Yeah, the 20th. I think it was. 20th. Uh, yeah. 20th, yeah.
1: Okay, so. so, so. A little bit still, less, maybe three point you know, five 3, hours, three three weeks. Uh, that's that's still that still, in my opinion, an absurd amount of time. But uh, it is what it is. I'm I'm hooked. I'm enjoying it. It's relaxing me. Uh, I am still working from home, so it's it's uh, it's nice to have a game that if there's not much going on at work, I can duck in for a second, fish for five minutes, sell those fish, earn some bells. Do whatever's going on, and then duck back out and go back to work. Right, so it's, it's, uh, it's kind of nice that that way. Like I haven't been s- sitting and playing it for hours and hours and hours. Like sometimes, but for the most part, it's like picking it up here for a half hour, picking it up here for ten minutes. You know, th- there have been strings where we'll watch a movie or something. I'll play for two hours and not really realize where the time's gone. But yeah, for the most part, it's it's just kind of picking at it here and there, which is uh, is very nice during this whole pandemic. Um, yeah. So have you, you've, you've been not playing much of animal crossing. Correct.
0: Correct. My, we own one switch. We have one copy of the game. We have it digitally. So, um, even Mm -hmm. if I had two switches, I, I guess I could sign into another switch, uh, make the game, all those things you have to do to do all those fun things to share games on switch. I could do those apparently, but I do not like the game enough to to spend more money on it. So (laughs) I'm in the world with my son's. He's got a great island and everything. I've got my little tent. Um, I think I've got a campfire. I've, I've got some tires uh, and some assorted garbage that he leaves behind. That's what I've got right now. So I'm just living oh, in his world.
1: Oh, man. I have an idea. So I should come over to your island the next time. Like, if I can, I spent 600,000 bells on turnips today. Ooh. So if I can find an island that's selling them for a decent price uh and and i follow uh if anyone's not following the Yumi capri discord if you haven't listened to any <laughs> of bobby and sean shows oh my god uh shame on you because that's a great discord um but there there is a, a a channel in there specifically for people saying hey my bells are selling for 500 my bells are at 480 they're you know whatever and um so if I if I can get a whole lot I should come over to your island and just give you like 500,000 bells. Ooh. And then you'll have a bigger house than your son and he'll be oh. like, What's going on and you'll like, love what? that Animal Crossing life. He'll be so pissed off. It'll be great. Wouldn't that be
0: hilarious? I love that. I love this. I mean, anything I can do to make my son get mad because he was mad already. I think I said this he he was mad that um uh Celeste talked to me before he talked to him and so I think it gets a little like FOMO. It's like if something isn't going on in his world that I mean, I I would love it. Um but yeah, it's and we how,
1: haven't the I five mean, room mansion or some shit before he- <laughs>
0: like overnight it's like what the hell did you yeah, do? Uh, you've do? you only played this game for three <laughs> hours dad <laughs>
1: yeah yeah oh man uh like legitimately i'm gonna see how much money i make this week off of this and uh Ooh, this could be even better
0: would... mark we should do go in the discord and say like I, it would be like a go fun todd <laughs> yes and bobby would love this because he, he's so pissed off at me anyway so now. yeah
1: this is uh I like your son. We got we when he was like, you know, on the show and, and whatever we, we got along. He's a Nintendo brother in arms. And right now I'm plotting against him. I, I don't know this what this is perfect. perfect to me but he, you know, he deserves it he deserves it i'm sure he does yeah <laughs> uh, yeah i'm sure <laughs> anyway, the game's great if you're not playing it uh you know if you need something calming and relaxing to get away from uh quarantine life then animal crossing is a good option todd what have you been playing if you're if you're kicked off of uh your island i've been like cleaning up my library
0: because you know last week or last episode i talked about uh finishing a couple more games. Why well, I decided, you know what, what games are out there that I started but didn't finish? So, um Gears 5. Um finally finished it. And that game is deceptively long. It's like I thought there were only 3 acts. There's 4 acts. I'm like, "Whoa." Um just like Gears 4, this game suffers from some pacing. It just feels like not much is happening. I mean, you're I mean the combat's great. Those type of things are great, but I felt like I'm doing more of the same, more of the same. It doesn't feel like Gears really has changed much in the mechanics. And, the you know, you get the Thon slot, and then when it's done, you get that cool twang, and, and then you go <laughs> on and do your next mission, which is cool. But like I said, it feels like more of the same. So I finally beat it. There is one instance in the game where I was surprised. It did surprise me because it did something I don't know if it's done in the past where it made you make a decision. That will definitely oh, wow. carry okay. on in the next game. And I, I'll be curious to see how they do this in the next game and deal with that decision because it could have gone, you know, A or B. So whatever they do, they have to accommodate for, and it'll be interesting see, to see how they do it in the marking materials and things like that because
1: it, it'll be noticeable. So, and uh, I wonder if they'll do something where they can read your save file or do you think they're just going to say, here's the canon ending of this game, Whether you pick this or not, deal with it. It's fun to have choices. But at the end of the day, we're choosing that this is the canon route to go. And here we go. Which, uh, what do you think?
0: Yeah, the Mass Effect route of what you did, it kind of, yeah. And if you never played those games, it kind of said it made some decisions for you or you'd you'd make some choices. So, yeah, be curious, because obviously the next Gears game will be out in two years, maybe so
1: eventually yeah. yeah
0: yeah and 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 the way this this definitely game has a as a um cliffhanger so it's not like they can start the next series of gears games fresh with this next game so i don't mm-hmm. know if that's spoilers for anybody but it does this definitely did not end the saga and i don't know if their intention wants to do three more games the next saga or whatever so don't really know but it'll be interesting to see what gears does but gameplay was excellent i had a lot of fun and but it just like i said i kind of forgot about the game for a while came back and finally finished it so if if you need a game to play that's great and it's got co-op perfect co-op game couch co-op or online as well all right and you you went back to the uh the assassin's creed creed collection (sighs) you've gathered mark
1: i did yes uh so assassin's creed rogue so i got the the black flag and rogue Mm -hmm. collection on switch uh, a while ago and anytime i want to go back to an older assassin's creed game I tend to go back to black flag. It's my favorite in the series. Uh, I love just the pirate, uh, you know, adventures and all that kind of stuff. But I, I think the only game in the series that I have not played up until very, very recently is Assassin's Creed rogue. Uh, So, This one is uh, it seems like you start off as an assassin who eventually becomes a Templar and starts hunting assassins. That's what I'm kind of gathering from the story so far and kind of what I've read. Uh, But it it starts off very close to home. Like I was uh, within 15 minutes away from where I live.
0: Really? I didn't think. Yes, (laughs) they've only done one game in in North America so far. That was uh, three,
1: right? Uh, three was yeah. So three was uh, the frontier kind of uh, North America ish stuff. Um, there was a mission in I want to say three that took you up to Oak Island. So okay. if anyone watches the the Curse of Oak Island on history uh, knows about the treasure up there, um, that is probably a four to five hour drive away from where I live. But that was a side mission that you kind of like fast traveled up to there and could walk around on a part of the Island for a second. And it was very, very quick. Just, just that was it. Um, this one starts off and I don't, I don't know exactly where the first mission takes place. Uh, but after that's kind of the, the tutorial stuff. And then, yeah, you, you take off up to the, the North Atlantic and you're around Nova Scotia. And so I, I headed to Halifax and stopped at a little thing. And it was uh, in Glace Bay, which is literally where I lived for the first two years of my life before we moved, again, about 10 to 15 minutes away in Sydney. Um, so really, really cool to see that kind of connection and just just land it. Now, the map is atrocious. <laughs> like, I mean, wow. Atrocious. Like Cape Breton Island, like the island I actually live on, uh, seems to be just part of of Nova Scotia. uh, And I'm not sure, like they seem to have combined PEI, uh, which is Prince Edward Island, with another island or something. And that's way bigger than it should be. And then Newfoundland and Labrador is like kind of squished. So everything's kind of squished in like the the Gulf of St. Lawrence kind of um, North Atlantic kind of bit. But it's still neat to see names of places that I've been to um and and sail around and and you know see uh oh this is glace oh here's miramichi which is in new brunswick but super close for some reason um anyway it is it is a trip it's it's completely inaccurate so if anyone's uh, playing that game and saying oh this is where mark live wow it's it's crazy uh no yeah, it must that's... have been
0: based on maps of the day like there was probably a sea serpent in the game because oh, yes. you know they've just put the sea <laughs> serpents where was the edge of the earth? Was it just a little bit down the road? Really close.
1: Yeah, really really <laughs> close. Um yeah, so it it is like I said it's it's super inaccurate and I'm guessing other places are like in in past games, you know, if you're running through New York or uh I'm I'm sure if you like Rome and wherever you've been in past games, I'm sure people who lived there are looking and saying like this is so bad. Uh but for most of us, you're playing and you're seeing these places and it's just like, oh, wow, they've created some buildings and they've done this and they've recreated this and that. Um, so it is going to be cool to see uh, how much of some of the bigger locations. I'm, I'm really curious to go into Halifax because that was such a big kind of military kind of thing. I'm curious to see if they've recreated the Citadel or anything like that in there. Um, kind of sad that. Uh, Lewisburg is not included in this that was a big French fortress uh, close to here Um, but so far does not seem to be on the map but uh, yeah super interesting so far and it's at least making me want to stick with this game and see other close by locations that I can actually travel to so uh, yeah kind of cool
0: very cool yeah it's kind of neat because that was the game i believe that was like the transition game between it ps3 was. to ps4 and xbox and obviously it's great that it came back out that's cool a lot of people yeah. really liked it better uh, than the what was it syndicate was it the game that came out on next uh, gen unity,
1: okay, unity, I unity. I believe yeah was the first uh, the first one and, and apparently this kind of ties into unity or, or so someone said I, i'm not that far into it so far but uh Yeah, uh, apparently this does tie into Unity, which I played, I finished, but uh, it was definitely not one that sticks out for me and not one that I'd want to go back to. But uh, cool if it ties in. Uh, But yeah, you're right. This was uh, when they released that game on new platforms. This one came out on the old platforms, which most of us had already kind of moved on from at that point. And so it was never something that was on my radar. But I'm very, very happy that I've gone back to it. Nice. Nice. Very cool. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, a game that's a little bit uh, over the top uh, and it's new that I've been playing is Doom Eternal. A uh, little disappointed because I, I, I think I mentioned last episode that I got an Xbox One X on the cheap. <laughs> so I've been really excited about that because obviously it's it's the beefiest system we've got right now. Uh, but, but Gamefly sent me the PS4 <laughs> version, so I'm playing it on a PS4 Pro because a little disappointed that I, I wasn't going to get to play it on X. But that's okay. Um, and Doom Eternal is, I think, you know... I think Badbit talked about it already. So not much more to speak to it, except I feel like I'm not very good at this game. I felt like, man, every time I go into a battle, I feel like I'm just struggling. So I don't know if I just don't... I'm not in it yet or what it is, but I may have to go to, like super baby difficult because man oh man it is amped up and um it's funny because typically a lot of games you know they aim down the sights as we pull the right trigger that's your alternate fire button you hold that down and then you shoot and that becomes your alternate fire
1: so that becomes almost like that yeah yeah, it comes, becomes, uh, the, yeah right so yeah that's like when i went back to halo uh, and you're used to aiming down the sights, but that's you know throws your grenades or does something. Yeah. And it's whenever that button in a modern shooter is different, that throws me right off.
0: Yeah, and I feel like I'm not as precise in my my aiming because of that. I don't know what I become even in games where you're not supposed to aim down the sight, you're just are supposed to aim you know just shoot from the hip. I've got I've gotten so used to like even in close, I aim down the sights still, and so it's throwing me off. I feel like I'm not as precise in my shots, and because um melee doesn't kill anyone unless you do the uh whatever the uh what's it called the, the uh, money shot or whatever they call it <laughs> i don't know what they call it <laughs> where you make the guy glow Let's, and then you hit him the money shot from now yeah, on. the money shot yeah they uh, you, you make the guy glow and then you hit you basically melee at him and then the stuff comes out of them like a like a pinata but um yeah and so i'm like crap i, kill I kill really have on and the ammo is so sparse in this game so you you can't just go hog wild and just kill things from afar. You've got to go in, use your 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 um, chainsaw to get things. Uh, basically, that's how you get your ammo. Um, I believe and uh, armor is where you get that, and then you have to find your gas can to fill up your chainsaw. So very cool. I haven't gotten really cool new items yet, um, but the enemies are, are are more difficult, I feel. And uh, the the biggest change has been the uh, I guess you'd call it the platforming, which has made it more interesting. But man. Mark, I got to get good.
1: Yeah, that's always a, a difficult struggle. And uh, you, you you want to be good at the games. You want to uh, beat it on at least a normal difficulty mm-hmm. and not go to super baby mode. But uh, at the same time, how I've been living and, and dealing with this problem the last little while is I... I don't have enough time to get good at all of the games. I work and there's a baby on the way and I have a whole bunch of stuff that I need to take care of. So that was one of the struggles I had with uh, Jedi Fallen Order. And that was something where I got stuck at a boss battle and it was, you know, I'm trying to beat the whole game on at least regular difficulty. And I got through... 99 or 98% of that game, but you get stuck on a boss battle and you're like, I want to see where the story goes. I'm getting frustrated. I'm either going to snap a controller or throw it through my big, beautiful 4k TV. Maybe I should lower the difficulty and just move on with my life. And uh, once you come to that realization that that is okay, uh, because otherwise, unless you admit it here that you lowered the difficulty, who's going to know and who's going to care. So absolutely. You do you, you know? Yeah, and I've, I've like
0: tried to experiment with that where I maybe it's just one specific, specific like boss battle. I'm like, okay, I'll switch it to mm-hmm. easy and then I'll go back to medium. But some games don't let you do that, which I, think, which I right. find is a ridiculous thing. Um, I don't know if it's because of trophies or whatever, but I, I think it should allow you to change your difficulty on the fly basis how you want to play. Yeah. yeah, definitely
1: agree. Yeah, so please uh, don't
0: call me Baby Todd, guys. This, this <laughs> is a
1: safe space, as Mark said. So, and if you do do not put them in the corner uh goodness. the last game on my list is one that i i honestly i just picked this up yesterday so i haven't had too much time with it but it is super fun so far the sega genesis classics collection oh yeah it is currently on sale on switch probably other platforms not sure didn't check but on switch this is fantastic uh, I got it for fifteen dollars Canadian, which I think they give that to you for free in the United States. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah, like the, the yeah, pretty much yeah, works out there. Um, three seventy five, something like that. Anyway, it's uh, it's it's a great price for a great collection. There's like thirty games or something crazy in this. Uh, it's it starts you off in a virtual bedroom which is awesome. Um, And you, you have like your old school TV and your little like stack of games that you can kind of flick through. And there's so many different options of like pixel perfect mode and like anti-aliasing and putting those CRT kind of filters on it. So there's all of that stuff that you would expect from a classic collection. Uh, And there's so many games. Like I said, there's some that are misses of course, but, uh, you know, there, there are some obvious mega hits on here. And even if you wanted to play, I think, at $15, buying three of those games separately would pay for it. So if I bought Sonic 1 and 2 and Gunstar Heroes or something like that, um, or Comic Zone or any, any three games, then, you know, the rest of them are just cherries on top. So, so far, I am super impressed with the presentation and the emulation seems really good i played a couple of the sonic games so far like i said i just picked it up yesterday so far very impressed uh the emulation seems really really spot on and i can't wait to play around with a few of the filters to see how things look but so far even just pixel perfect mode is awesome uh so far so much so that i'm thinking about Possibly getting a Sega Genesis controller because it feels weird playing Sonic the Hedgehog with a Super Nintendo controller. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it, it's really cool. Really cool. I think Ipid
0: Doe makes a Genesis type. Yes, uh, yeah, that's where, that's where yeah. I
1: was looking. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, very cool. So, well, uh, plus
0: the D pad, you know, I mean, that's a central part of the game. And if you're playing it on your Joy Con, it's that weird buttons instead of, so I don't know if that makes it, but.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was playing with the 8-BitDo bit uh, Super Nintendo controller. Okay. And I, I did play with the Pro controller a little bit, um, which is fine. You know, if that's all you have, or the Joy-Con. Uh, if this, this is a great handheld collection, right? Yeah. Uh, as well. So uh, it works, you know, it works fine that way. But I think it would be even cooler with an actual oh, Genesis yeah. controller. So uh, we'll see what I want to do there. But even with the Super Nintendo controllers, it's it's really cool.
0: Nice, nice. And you can always get one of those. Uh, I don't know if you got one or not, but back in the day, it was Nyko or one of those. They made a uh, Joy-Con with a D-pad, which was kind of nice. It was super mm-hmm. cheap. But I have one of those, and it's got like a Zelda inspired. But it's like twelve bucks. It's really cool. And Joy, and actually, the D-pad's pretty
1: good. Okay. Yeah, I didn't get one of those, but I might. Uh, yeah, I might have to look into that.
0: Yeah, I uh, I own the collection as well, but I haven't even dipped into it. So I'm like, oh, I need to do oh, that. So yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely check it out. Very cool. Very cool.
0: Um, well, a game that you could play, Mark, is Journey to the Savage Planet that just got dropped on Game Pass. It's on uh, Xbox. I don't know if it's on PC. Sometimes they don't always go to the same places. But this game, it feels like a Bethesda type of game, like an open world, like the Outer Worlds. That's what it's
1: called. Outer worlds.
0: Yes. So it's like that type of aesthetic kind of feels like, you know, your first person uh, perspective kind of got a sense of good sense of humor. But basically, you uh, have been sent forth to explore and mine things from the fourth best Mm -hmm. um, mining company, as they call themselves. It's very comedic. My son thought the intro was hilarious. It, it, it's it's a clever game, and it's, it uses basically the whole premise is You you crash land on this planet. You have to fix your ship, and how you fix your ship is basically go forth and mine things, kill lots of wildlife, and get the resources to do so. Um, while I found it clever and fun, I did find it fairly tedious in the actual resource collection, and that's the main thrust okay. of the game. There's some there's some there's some combat where you kill like things in the environment, but I. It just, to me, I got, I kind of got bored of it very quickly. And I, I saw what they were doing, but there's a lot of traverse where I'm like, I've got to go all the way back to my ship now. So I wish there was almost some type of, um, uh, waypoints or something you could utilize to transport yourself, but, but it's clever and it's cute. And if you like something that's kind of like brainless, just it's, it's a pretty game. It's, it's like I said, it's clever. It's fun. You've got upgrade paths to upgrade your weapon, your jumping mm. abilities and things like that. But when I saw the list of things I needed to do, what I needed to collect them, like, uh, it just felt like a work, a chore. I mean, I know that's right. uh, th- thats the appeal of Animal Crossing, which is funny. It's all about the <laughs> the collection and getting more yeah. and stuff. So, I, and I'm finding that's just not for me as much. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. so, but it's it's cool. I thought it was a neat idea. It just didn't really uh, grab me. So, if you're interested, check it out. It's free to play.
1: Yeah this this game, uh, and, and I do think it is xbox only right now on game pass um i'm not seeing it being able to play i'm looking at the app i'm not seeing it uh available on pc but uh this game am i mistaken is this coming to switch
0: it might be just like the outer Worlds is coming to switch uh yeah, I, I can't remember I, sure. my head. i mean I, I guess it could because it's not exactly like a very detailed game it's very it's got a cool aesthetic but it's not like it's super realistic
1: okay um yeah, because I, I don't know if uh, this was announced. I'm trying to look that up really quickly. But, uh, yeah, it did look pretty interesting. Uh, Journey to the Savage, Planet. Yeah, I think it's coming to Switch. Platforms, uh, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, Microsoft, uh, oh, Windows. Okay. Um, so there we go. So it, it is eventually coming to Switch, but I did just – press install on the xbox version so if i really love it it does look like it has some uh exploration Mm -hmm. um, bits kind of similar to metroid prime so uh could scratch that itch a little bit maybe but uh we'll see
0: yeah, you're scanning a lot, too. That's the thing. It's okay. like you're, you're almost like scanning to categorize, find out what things are. Um, I don't know if you get points for for scanning, but you scan all the wildlife, all the things. So it's almost like that Metroid Super uh, Metroid Prime mode. So it's, that's there as well. So I think for some people, okay. like this is in their wheelhouse, and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm all in. So yeah, check it out. Awesome. Awesome.
1: Uh, and you have been playing. So I'm not the only one that went back in the old yes. school
0: collections this week, right? Yeah, I did something stupid again. I got the itch because uh, Ryan Turford from the Xbox Drive was talking about playing Buffy the Vampire Slayer on his Xbox. He did not say how he actually played it. And I'm like, oh, I can play it. Is it backwards compatible on Xbox One? No, it's not. Funny thing about Xbox One backwards compatibility is only 500 Xbox 360 games are compatible, and only 39 original Xbox games. So it's funny. You think of like, oh, everything's back. No, it's not. Out of a, out of a game play library of a thousand games on the original Xbox, only 31 went to Xbox One. So what I did, the the smartest thing in the world was because I wanted to play an old game, was spend. Uh, 80 bucks off a pawn shop to find an Xbox 360. Apparently Xbox 360s. there's like a resurgence and people are trying to buy these things. They aren't that cheap. Really? As much as you <laughs> expect. Even Wii's. Same thing. People want to play Wii Sports and now they're going. like, And the price is rising as well. So I wanted to play some games. I thought Xbox 360 is probably the best way to go because enough of the games are still backwards mm-hmm. compatible on Xbox One, at least the ones that are well, well worth playing, and then all of the right. Xbox 360 games. So there's games I wanted to play but not, aren't necessarily uh, backwards compatible on Xbox One. So, short, long story short, I've been buying some games off eBay, because, you know, what do you do? You know, you're bored. You buy things that you, you hem and haw. So I found the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which was an exclusive on the original Xbox, which is so weird. That you would think, that's an exclusive, but yeah, never came to any other system or PC. So this is a game that got me to buy an Xbox back in the day, and I loved it. It's fun. It's a game by The Collective. And it's not all the voice cast are from the actual show, but it's surprisingly well done. And Mm -hmm. it is of the time, so the the graphics aren't great anymore, but the gameplay is still pretty solid. So I'm enjoying that a lot. Uh, The other game I picked up was The Last... Indiana Jones game for consoles that I could find. Oh, That's Indiana Jones and the Emperor's Tomb. Um, mm-hmm. This was on Xbox, uh, PlayStation Two, and I can't, can't remember maybe PC as well. Um, and it's by the Collective as well. I'm like, I don't know where the Collective went. I don't know if they exist as a developer anymore. But it's this hmm. is like this is like a Tomb Raider and with Indiana Jones, and it's it's fun actually. It's an original story but the biggest problem I have has significant performance issues. The audio Mm. stutters. Like when you're hearing the Indiana Jones theme song and it's like, I mean, it ruins the effect. (laughs) Gameplay pauses for, you know, 15 seconds at a time. Mercy. And some of the jumping mechanics and the 3d platforming are not great. And there's a lot of it in here. So, but it's still fun. Um, so it's it's an it's an interesting look back how we've how far we've gone. Some games look better than others. I don't know if the Xbox 360 did any like magic effects to make it look better, but it's there. I've got more games coming. So as we go down this journey, I'll give you my update of if it's aged well or not, but uh awesome. more to come. More to come. I have some old 360 games right. too that I've been itching to play as well that I missed the first time around.
1: All right. Well, if you ever felt like talking about Xbox games, uh, we can always do something where maybe you would go for a drive in your car, hit up McDonald's, get some coffee, do something really original and unique that I don't think has been done before. And you can tell me all about your Xbox game experiences and uh, and we'll, we'll turn that into a, like a spin-off show or something like that. I think uh, that, I think be that really way, cool.
0: you know, or we could adapt and make the Xbox walk yeah I think. <laughs> As you're walking your dog around the neighborhood mark you know exactly yeah. I think that's
1: great uh, little update on the collective just because I was curious while you were listing this kind of stuff so the collective uh was actually merged with backbone entertainment in two thousand and five to create foundation nine entertainment uh under foundation nine the collective was was merged with shiny entertainment oh. and in double helix games in October of 2007. Um, so Double Helix was uh, then defunct. Uh, they were integrated into Amazon Game Studios in 2014. Wow. So if they've stuck to that same team, uh, or if there's still some of the same people around, those people could now be possibly working for some sort of Amazon game studio i i have no idea but the amazon game studio is uh you know still going and still doing something apparently I say, so i
0: think they have a mmo coming out and it got delayed but yeah. that's the only game aware that they were working on um mm-hmm. and that's funny because it's a that's where they try to get a bunch of talent and one of my favorite podcasters of all time actually went there to help them form the studio and he laughed so
1: Interesting. Uh, But yeah, the Collective did a ton of licensed stuff. They started with Men in Black, the game, uh, Star Trek, Deep Space Nine, The Fallen, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Indiana Jones, uh, Wrath Unleashed and Star Wars Episode three, Revenge of the Sith. All three LucasArts uh, games. Um, Mark Echoes getting up contents under pressure.
0: (laughs) Was that the tagging
1: game? that was you, like, the graffiti? uh, yes, oh, wow. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they did the Da Vinci code and, uh, I think that was their last actual release game. They were working on something for dirty Harry from Warner brothers interactive and that was canceled. Oh, yeah. Uh, wow. So, uh, yeah, super interesting, super interesting. um, And then, yeah, Double Helix uh, kept on going with some of the same stuff. So they did like Silent Hill Homecoming, but then also got into a few licensed stuff like G.I. Joe, Rise of the Cobra, uh, Green Lantern, Rise of the Manhunters, Battleship. Uh, Yeah, some super.
0: (laughs) Battleship. But was it the movie based on the the movie based on the game based on the game?
1: Don't know. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Yes, it was actually. Battleship is uh based on the film of the same name. Yeah, that is fantastic. Wow. So that's the deep uh, hole. PS, yeah. yeah. PS3 Wii and 360. Frig, man. That, that that is that is lovely. Anyway, little uh little deep dive into some history there, but uh yeah. Yeah, it's 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 always crazy to see where video game developers go and like how they evolve uh and and you know go through different license game license game that that seems like a it could be either lucrative or a massive pitfall for oh, development yeah. development studios to get into like it seems like so sometimes it's gold and other times it just it just sinks the ship really, sorry for the battleship reference it might be a
0: good re- uh, topic in a future one licensed games, you know
1: Hmm I, I, I'm I the proud owner of one of the worst licensed games ever uh, Star Wars Yoda Stories for the Game Boy <laughs>
0: <laughs> Was that based on like Yoda desktop desktop adventures? Uh,
1: I think so It was borderline unplayable I saw Yoda on it, it was uh I don't I even know do if it, it was secondhand or a clearance bin in Blockbuster. Uh, Jesus, I'm aging myself here. But uh, it's uh, yeah, that game's a, a hot pile of garbage. Let's talk about that some other day. Perfect. I love it.
0: Well, uh, now that we've we've basically had the money shot of games that we've been playing, we're going to talk about the, the, the dearth of news that's out there. But we've had some, I guess, bright spots along the way. Um, that's, I guess, the good thing about doing this every two weeks, Mark, that basically enough bubbles up that you can actually fill the gaps.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, the biggest news that we probably had is the uh, PlayStation's had a rocky road of announcing, uh, especially in 2020, what they're going to do with their PlayStation 5 console. Um, mm-hmm. The last time they talked, they were widely panned for a probably the worst um, presentation uh, in the world that was based on a
1: developer conference. I <laughs> heard about one guy that just woke up from that. Oh, uh,
0: yeah. It was like the bed, hibernation.
1: Bed. He just, yeah, he, he woke up. He was like, whoa, PlayStation? Corona? What? Uh, he had no idea what was going on. It was uh, pretty brutal. So he was one of the four guys in
0: that presentation. You saw the back of the head. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Well, they announced uh, something more exciting, which is actually the the, the controller. They're calling yep. it the PlayStation DualSense, which is kind of a break from the DualShock, which I think is a smart decision. Um, it's not the DS, it's not the Dual Shock Five, um, and it, it it looks different than what we've seen with PlayStation. I mean, it's got, I mean, it's still got the same stick layout and everything, but they changed up the the tone. It's it's a dual tone uh, controller. It still has the touchpad. It's changed the light bar to be on more along the sides than it's front facing uh, rather than being front facing. It's a uh, USB-C charged. It will have haptic uh, controller feedback. Um, and let's see, it's supposed to have a longer battery life, which that's what everybody wanted because uh, the mm-hmm. DualShock 4 is absolutely horrible. I always have mine charging until I play them. Um, oh, yeah. And let's see, is there anything else
1: I missed? Uh,
0: Stuff it that's have a, been
1: already announced, uh, the, the you know, haptic triggers, all that kind of stuff, I think. It has a microphone,
0: too, which is interesting. So basically... Oh, yeah. yeah, I thought that was cool. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know how well your voice will sound, like, if you're online mm-hmm. gaming, because ultimately, unless you want what your, your buddy is saying coming through the TV, it's still best to use a headset. Um, you yeah. think this will be used for, like, some type of assistant? Like a Siri or a... Sorry, not
1: a Siri, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, Alexa, maybe. It, 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 yeah, it definitely could. I mean, um, yeah, that's that's always something that's that's, uh, I guess, worrisome when you're playing, especially if you're trying to use that as a microphone and there's sound coming out of the the TV or something. Of you know, people in gaming always will you know take advantage of that and say that you know, "Hello Siri, turn off PlayStation." 5 and, you know, whole PlayStation will shut down or something. I, I think they did have a problem with that through Xbox one with a yeah. connect, uh, right. They, mm-hmm. So they, they, you know, fix that. So, uh, this could be cool. I don't know if it's, if it's something that a lot of people will use, um, you know, and, and like you said, is, is the voice. If you're using this for voice chat, you have the microphone built in, are your friends coming out of the TV or the speaker on the PlayStation Five controller. Either way, I can't imagine that sounding great. No,
0: no. I I think it's you know it might be a a one off feature or something like. And 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 it's kind of funny because I think of like controllers and features that they tout but then never get used. I mean, it's like the the mm-hmm. Nintendo IR camera on the Joy-Con. I don't know yeah. how often that's used. Uh, Labo is the yeah. main thing for that. Uh, then you've got uh, the the Xbox had the what would they call it, the impulse triggers. And I know that wasn't wildly used, but it seemed like a cool feature too.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm... Everything about this controller, and I don't want to sound like the Nintendo or Xbox guy here, but PlayStation controllers have never impressed me. I've always hated the uh, inline sticks, the design of of everything. Uh, And a lot of the new stuff on this one seems like those Nintendo-style features. And I'll be the first to admit that Nintendo throws a ton of useless shit into their tech all the time. Xbox right now is my favorite controller. Burn on. Uh, they, they know how to make a controller. And Sony seems to be, in my opinion, maybe leaning a little bit into the wrong direction and taking cues from Nintendo of admittedly some really cool tech. All of the stuff sounds awesome. If it is actually used, it could be a game changer. We've talked about this before with feeling the, the pullback of a bow or getting... Not you know not being able to pull a trigger if you're out of ammo and having to to reload that or or something where you can feel uh, a reload like an active reload from Gears I know it's the wrong franchise blah blah whatever anyway uh, I'm suspecting that a lot of third parties are going to ignore this right this is going to be yep. taken advantage by Sony first party which is going to be great for the the people that want those games but for Call of Duty and you know, Battlefield and Battlefront and, you know, Tom Clancy games, whatever anyone plays, um, I don't know if, it, you know, will people put the extra development time into this? Because it seems like Xbox is pretty much sta- sticking with a standard controller. You can use the uh, elite controllers with uh, the Super Xbox. I don't know, man. It, it seems like, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping, I really hope this stuff takes off because it sounds really cool but the cynic in me is saying like most nintendo products this is going to be really really cool for five seconds and then completely ignored
0: and it adds cost right if it's a feature yeah. that's different it's it's not going to make it cheaper the joy cons are ridiculously expensive mm-hmm. uh and most of those features are like hey i don't really care about feeling balls in a or <laughs> ice cubes and yeah, you don't want to feel balls so- in your hand <laughs> Yes. Brass ball bearings. Uh, yeah. I like to shake those around in my hand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How does it feel? Uh, cough. Turn your head and cough. Yes.
1: Uh, <laughs> I was trying
0: not to go there. You just leaned right in. Uh, why go. not? Why not? Um, uh, yeah. Okay. So they didn't change the stick layout. Uh, and one I thing I thought of, Mark, when you talk about the, the haptic feedback, you know, in games where you've got like those quick time moments where you got to push the button really fast what if they made like the haptic it takes more uh, effort to pull instead of like the rapidly pulling yeah. it's like oh i have to really push hard to
1: do something that's a cool fact mm-hmm. you could do that in a quick very yeah. yeah absolutely absolutely um yeah i mean like i said i, I don't want to dump all on this cuz it sounds like some really really cool stuff and if everyone across the board was you know if xbox came out and said yeah we're going to do this trigger thing too that sounds badass then awesome because then third parties essentially have to start taking advantage of that right it's it's once it becomes that table stakes uh everyone's doing it then there's no reason not to but if as soon as it becomes that extra development cost and takes some time and people don't care then it's it's one of those stupid Nintendo features that that they're sadly so known for and sadly we all have a hundred pieces of extra plastic for adapters and fun little fishing rods and steering wheels and cardboard headset guns and whatever it's uh you know um yeah i don't know it's it's uh (laughs) it's it seems like it's it might be going in that direction
0: yeah, and it also adds complexity when you go to the next generation. If things go forward and everything, that's where like that's why we've got a light bar still probably. And that's why we've got the touch pad on this because mm-hmm. it has to support things that were on uh, PlayStation Four. So once again, you're adding complex. It's like the the old Microsoft backwards compatibility for like software. It's like oh, I still want my my Microsoft uh, Windows XP stuff to still work on my Windows Ten. It just creates more challenges to support that. So yeah, I'm not excited. I mean, some of these features could really be cool, but until I get it in my hand. I won't know so you can tell me about it until I can actually do it is it a cool thing is it worth having um, but one of the things that's interesting is the design in regards to its, its, its cosmetic uh, appearance it's a dual mm-hmm. tone we haven't seen that with really anybody do that and I think a lot of people are making a lot of great mockups some are funny oh, man. some yeah. are hilarious like there's a Mario one I've seen made out there some people are <laughs> like it looks like a, 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 like a ladies tank top
1: so I've seen that too <laughs> Some of the Photoshop jobs were hilarious. And I couldn't believe because I think one of the first ones I actually saw, because the day this all came out, I wasn't really paying attention to social media or anything. And the I, the I one of the first things I saw was a mock-up. And I was like, oh, this is weird. And then I saw the real one. And I was like, wait, is that a mock-up or is that real? <laughs> so I actually yeah. had to go to Sony, like their their actual yeah. account, and see – oh, like, le- this is legit, like, but people are already making mock-ups that quick. It's, uh, but it, it is a cool-looking controller.
0: Yeah, and I, and I love custom controllers. I love different themes. I love all of those. And it was funny because um, with all of Nintendo's innovation and everything, I feel like they've been very blank and absent on their controller design. At, at most of the mm-hmm. Joy-Cons, they've added some color. The, the Pro mm-hmm. controllers, they've kind of ceased to even try to innovate with those the way they look. They've done That's very little. And yet they've been so successful, but maybe that's their second era where sales dip. Now we bring out, you know, more of the crazy innovation.
1: Yeah, I, I've i been really curious about why Nintendo hasn't done more with the Pro Controller. It just seems like such a wasted space, but maybe it's, I don't know if it's they, they put out the special editions and they sell what they want them to sell. Uh, maybe the regular pro controller sells well enough that they don't feel they need to. Like you said, they they haven't noticed a sales dip, so why bother? Uh, but for me, having my Xbox controllers be be so unique and and getting the colors and the designs that I like of those controllers, e- even the special edition controllers that Nintendo has put out, I haven't been super impressed with. They, I've seen better, like shell third party on amazon right like you, you can just uh, or the third party designs. Like already looks great yeah the, the, yeah i was just gonna say that the you know mario zelda designs from power a um, are fantastic even some of the gamecube controllers that that they put out for uh for smash brothers the wired and wireless ones are amazing designs and nintendo's just like yeah okay yeah you guys can do that
0: I guess That's they cool. make uh, a part of it if they're uh, if they're uh, certified, you know, if they basically license, pay for that yeah. uh, license, they get money anyway. So like, hey, you guys do all the effort; we don't. We can just sell the <laughs> generics. Yeah, so. Sorry saying, but I, I just love some of these designs. Like the Zelda one looks really cool. That we put some things in here. Basically, God of War, uh, Zelda. I'm not sure what the gray and blue one is. I can't tell the, by that the design. The
1: Spider-Man uh, that looks like Horizon. Uh, okay. okay. Uh, the, the gray just looks like one of those giant. Uh, brachiosaurus type flathead things mm-hmm. um the spider-man one has has me very excited just the the stark white buttons the blue mm-hmm. the red the spider web design is man if i had to buy one of these right now that would be it 100 uh it is so badass yeah, and they even have one that looks like the original
0: PlayStation, which is kind of cool. They've got a Transformers mm. one. And the Assassin's Creed one at the bottom is really cool looking with the
1: gradient colors. Very cool. Love those gold triggers, too. I, I One of the biggest regrets, uh, I and I, I almost did because at, at the point where the Sea of Thieves controller came out for the Xbox One, I was pretty convinced that I wanted an Xbox One at that point. And I was just shopping around for the right price at the right time, whatever. And I saw, I kept seeing that controller in stores and I was like, man, I should just buy that. I love the gold triggers. I love the design, you know, all this, whatever. And, uh, and then I finally got the Xbox one and I went back for that controller and they've been sold out ever since. And they are a million dollars on eBay or anywhere else. And I always kick myself, even with my gears five controller and the, you know, the, uh, what's it called? Phantom black controller, whatever. Um, I always, I I see that sea of thieves one pop up every, every once in a while on a photo, (laughs) someone shares or something. And it's like, I hate you so bad. and (laughs) I hate myself a little bit.
0: Yeah. Xbox is really nailed with controller design They even have their, their design labs, which is really cool. So, um, and I, would like to see sony do more i did not like the the dualshock 4 it almost looked like a fisher price the two-tone didn't like that at all so um the one i've got that i like is like a clear one and it's the least offensive one i could find yeah so i like this though looks like they can do more innovation with it which is great and along with the controller people have mocked up what they think the playstation 5 will look like and i like this as well because it's fun None of these are real, but uh, I like the one that's right. kind of like the cube, but it's the dual tone. I mean, we've never seen really a dual mm-hmm. tone console at launch. Um, and it'd be kind of cool to see. Yeah. Sony's never, they've done gray and black. Microsoft has done yep. black and white. Um, Nintendo has done many different variations in color. But yeah, it'd be kind of cool to see them go down because we know Xbox is going to be the obelisk that's black. So they could definitely yeah. play off and, and do some fun things.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I, I, I'm... Uh surprised honestly at this point that they haven't said here's what the box is going to look like
0: unless you know in the also didn't show mark the inside of the controller are there little triggers on the bottom we don't know all they've shown right. is the side but there could be something else going on there maybe they could say that i don't know maybe i'm just imagining that but maybe it's there's more show but they're doing the slow roll so i imagine it's yep. just hey we're, we're just going to keep going and going and we'll give you a little bit and, and dribble it out so we'll see yeah Uh, a good news piece mark is really cool is the fact that that there is a gaming a local gaming high-end pc builder that is making ventilators for the new york market
1: yeah yeah that's uh that's really great good news story coming out of all the COVID 19 panic in new york uh i don't think it's news to anyone that they've been hit harder than literally anywhere else in the world so uh pretty pretty dire straits and thoughts go out to anyone uh in New York that's been affected, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's good to see game makers and and PC makers and, and, uh, people in, in all different types of companies. I mean, we're seeing this on a local level here too, with, uh, places making ventilator parts, respirator parts, uh, even some, some alcohol distilleries are producing hand sanitizer now instead of just uh, regular alcohol. So, um, so this, this story was kind of cool.
0: Yeah, the company's called Main Gear, and their ventilator is called the Main Gear LIV ventilator. And the cool part is this: they're showing some innovation where typically a ventilator can cost up to fifty thousand dollars. They're doing it for seventy five hundred dollars. That's amazing! Amazing, yeah, yeah. And it's I I hope this works as well. But this is just—it's going to be quicker to get it in there. They don't have to steal from another uh, country. Mm-hmm. Sharing these resources is important. If we can make them locally, uh, GM in the United States has been asked to make ventilators, just like Ford in the U.S. has been made asked to make yep. masks. And so, yep. and I know you work for a uh, a, a Ford dealership, um, yep. so it's great to see these companies step up.
1: Yeah, it really is. Uh, I, was, I was super impressed um, with how. Ford and and other companies uh, stepped up instantly and just had, uh, you know, obviously I get all the marketing material and hear about things that are going out uh, before they go out. And uh, from Ford Canada, at least, and we started, we saw some stuff from from Ford in the U.S., um, they were very quick to you know, kind of make sure that their dealerships were, were okay. But also just to say like, you know, we're, we're doing these big measures, we're changing to make these or give these ventilators or, or these masks or whatever. It was, it was amazing to see, um, these big companies kind of shift the way they think and the way they work and, and that kind of stuff. And, um, it's, it's, uh, it's great to see this kind of stuff. I mean, it sucks that <laughs> the world's in this kind of situation, but. Uh, you know, it's making even giant conglomerates or, or smaller PC builders. Um, you know, all all come together and, and kind of help people out. It's it's really cool.
0: Yeah, we need more good news. Um, And then I guess some good news is there is a lot of companies, uh, they're they're basically doing free game trials, giving away games. Ubisoft is doing a lot of that as well. Apparently there's Mm -hmm. a, I did not know there was a Just Dance service that's out there. It's basically a subscription service, but apparently they're doing it free for a month. So I guess if you buy the game, it's like a subscription model where you keep getting free music. So it's free right now. So if you want to dance, it's out there. Um, But yeah, watching for free games. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's great. Yeah, but along with that, uh, Stadia has had a, a rocky start. Um, some would say they're surprised it still exists, but it does. And the good <laughs> news is, if you want to try it out, Stadia Pro, which is their service that is 4K streaming and also gives you a library of games. Um, that's the, the, There's a free Stadia experience, which I do not believe has been uh, released yet, but that is just basically uh, games that you buy and you can play them on any Chrome browser that's where mm-hmm. we're at currently. But this is kind of cool because it's 15 games are available in the service and you can play this service on anything with a Chrome browser at this point which is cool. And you just need a yeah. compatible uh, controller which I believe is DualShock 4 uh, the Xbox One controller, maybe even the Pro controller, so Bluetooth enabled. And mm-hmm. then you can play the whole Destiny package which for a guy that never got the most recent Destiny expansion and I can now cross play or my mm-hmm. character import whatever over. So I can now play that most recent Destiny uh, port for free for two
1: months. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. It's a good time to to check this out, especially. Uh, yeah, you can play on a uh, Pixel or other Android phones, but uh, like you said, any kind of Chrome browser that's uh, that's fantastic.
0: Yeah, very cool. You just need Wi-Fi, and I think it's a twenty megabyte connection. But uh, results may vary when you actually do it. Uh, just like game cloud, uh, uh, the, uh, the the X Cloud trials. It depends on how like we had. Trials and travails on which played better. Same thing here. So we'll see how this is goes. But you know, once again, it's free. Give it a try. If it may convince people that the service is up to par,
1: we shall see. Yeah, hope it works for uh, for Stadia.
0: Yeah. Uh, so Mark, we know E three has been canceled for twenty twenty. Even they, uh, the ESA, actually said we're not going to be able to do a digital event either this year. So somebody
1: stepped up, and this is very cool. Yeah. Yeah, this is amazing. IGN stepped up in a big way, Uh, announced the Summer of Gaming event, which is a global digital event set to begin in June and uh, bring basically the E3 experience online, um, show upcoming games, impressions, news, next generation of, of console hardware, everything they're collaborating with. Uh, 2K, Square Enix, Sega, Bandai Namco, Amazon Stadia, Twitter, Devolver Digital, THQ Nordic, and much more. Uh, When you combine this with the timing, you have to assume that Xbox's digital event, Nintendo's digital event will all be happening around the same place. This is E3. IGN just said, you're stepping down, we're stepping up, and and here they are. So this is... This is awesome, in my opinion. You know, this is this is great. I mean, IGN's had comprehensive E3 coverage for as long as I can remember, and now they're just changing that to you know what? We're running the show. We're not just reporting on what's going on. We're we are what's going on, right? So it's uh, it's it's very exciting. I wonder. I mean,
0: I hope this isn't just a glorified Zoom meeting. <laughs> <laughs> presentation i mean I, I they have not been i mean i've been listening to their podcast still they're doing most of the things from home i'm wondering if they'll be in a, they'll, they'll have a way just like a lot of news stations are doing where they have minimal manning at the actual mm-hmm. uh, uh the studios but be able to still do it so maybe have a producer uh, someone manning the cameras the production and then have maybe uh maybe one or two people on live on set where they're you know socially distanced and be able to do that and still use some more of their their more sophisticated um presentation Capabilities.
1: Yeah, I, I, um, that, that, that is one thing that crossed my mind because the, the audio quality and stuff while IGN's been figuring out how to work from home and it, it you know, shocked a lot of people of how quick everything went down. Um, so the, the audio quality, you know, I've heard, super indie podcasts uh, sound better than IGN's uh, from home podcasts. You know, I, but uh, you know, most of us have these mics at home. And if you work at IGN, why would you have a mic at home when you have a studio at work? So it it makes sense that way. But I do hope you're right where uh, whether they send gear to people who need it or they figure out some way to do something, or maybe it's, fingers crossed but relaxed enough a little bit in june that maybe some people can start to to go back to work or you know do things in a very cautious way but i'm hoping by june maybe some of the restrictions might be a little bit lifted and things might start to look a little bit more normal so maybe a skeleton crew can go back to the ign office maybe they can kind of start to monitor things a little bit more and we'll have more of a handle on this. Um, am I saying that just for IGN? No, I also have a baby on the way and I'd like my family to be able to meet them. Yes. <laughs> so, Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I I'm hoping by June, maybe some people will be allowed out of their houses, but uh, anyway, it, it will be interesting to see, but they are going to be doing this on more than 20 platforms, desktop, mobile, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, mixer, twitch whatever t- snapchat tiktok it's going to be everywhere you're going to be able to get bits and pieces one thing i'm hoping is you won't have to go everywhere i'm hoping i can just put the ign app on my apple tv and just watch everything i don't want to no, watch part of it here and then go to snapchat for another bit and then open up tiktok and watch. you know i just i just <laughs>
0: You're gaming to in 15 to seconds. Yeah, you're gaming. That's in it, right? Like I just,
1: seconds. yeah. If there's some kind of fun behind the scenes thing on TikTok, I'll check that out. But I don't want to be forced to go to 20 different freaking platforms just to get one comprehensive bit of news. Yeah, I, I hope it's it's easy to follow.
0: Yeah, I do. And, and I forgot, since this time, we actually did get one video game presentation since, and that was the Xbox, Inside Xbox, which I totally forgot about. Um, and too. we saw that. Phil Spencer <laughs> was basically broadcasting from his home. And I had a laugh because there was an interview with one of the hardware developers. He was there. And I'm like, I don't think they were using cloud Azure cloud servers for his video because it was out of sync. It was bad, but I mean, oh, okay. I, God bless them for trying.
1: Yeah, yeah. Everyone's adjusting. Uh, whether you're a giant company or you know a couple of guys in a in a basement, it's uh, everyone's adjusting to reality as it is. So yeah. we'll see how this uh, shakes down. But we will definitely be talking about this in June and following it along uh, rather closely.
0: Yeah, this gets me excited again, because I was so worried that, you know, we we obviously are worried about other things, you know, going on. But this stuff uh, is a distraction that keeps us Mm -hmm. uh, gives us a little bit of entertainment where
1: there's been really a dearth of it. And that's what we need. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So uh, one one thing goes away and another thing rises from the ashes. So uh, IGN hopefully will be the video game phoenix. I hope so.
0: Um, Just really some other quick bits. Um, Baby Yoda may potentially be in the Lego Star Wars game mark. This is a a thing that they saw. They saw some of these Lego sets and they had a little bulb on it that said basically um, there'll be a code so you can incorporate uh, uh, the Mandalorian ship in the game. So so that is kind of cool. I mean, I've heard so little about this game. I mean, it's it's a Lego game, but it's supposed to be, uh, you know, the whole trilogy, the whole Mm -hmm. it's it's everything, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's apparently yeah the whole saga. So the prequels, the originals and uh, the sequels, the modern day stuff. uh, But we we may have mentioned this before that we hoped that uh, like other games like the Lego DC and, and Lego Marvel and whatever, we we kind of hoped that. There would be either some DLC or some stuff in it. I want to see Clone Wars. I want to see Mandalorian. I want to see uh, when it comes out eventually the um, the the old Ben or Obi Wan Kenobi or whatever they call mm-hmm. that show that they're they're going to be doing. Um, I want to see everything in this. If it's going to be the Star Wars Skywalker Saga, I want everything in between. I, you know Rogue One, whatever you can throw at it. So this makes a lot of sense. And uh, I also kind of want that Lego kit. That looks badass. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I wonder if this, I mean, WB was going to have their big conference. This might have been a big part mm-hmm. of it. Um, did that? Did the IGN um, announcement, did that say Warner Brothers would be there?
1: I don't think they were in the list that I read, but uh, okay. they the, the list did say, you know, many other developers. So I'm sure they're just kind of in early talks or finding out what people's plans are. WB could be... Going off on their own. They, they weren't in that list. The list was 2K, Square, uh, Sega, Bandai, Namco, Amazon, Google, Twitter, Devolvo Digital, THQ, Nordic, and more. So I'm assuming that if they don't have enough to stand on their own and do a digital conference like Nintendo, Microsoft, whoever is doing, maybe they'll jump in on this or maybe they'll be part of one of the other ones. I could see this easily fitting in uh, and WB saying, look, Nintendo, let's pitch this in your… Sure. Nintendo direct or Microsoft here, you guys have this, make a big deal out of it, you know, pitch it in, you know, glorious 4k 60 frames per second for a Lego star Wars game. Go nuts. Uh, so I, I could see this really going either way.
0: Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, it's been a while since we've had a really big LEGO game. They've been kind of, there have been so many of them, and then they kind of petered off. So, this would be cool if they did some really in a cool innovation, did some online co op, things like that, that they really have not pushed the envelope. So, can't wait for that. Uh, we had some delays, Mark, or potentially will have some delays. Yeah. Uh, so, the Smash players may be a little disappointed.
1: Yeah, uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Um, Sakurai went to Twitter, I believe, uh, and then uh, talked to Famitsu magazine. Um, basically, spoke about the impact that this pandemic is going to have on the development of new fighters. So we we have the the new de- the the new fighter pass. Six new fighters. Uh, they just announced that the first one is going to be a character from Arms, which is exciting. Uh, we'll find that out, and the character will be released. I think they said June or July. Uh, which is it's coming up very quickly but um apparently they're not all finalized like the arms character is maybe Mm -hmm. um or at least you know maybe the the licenses are but there's something there so the the quote is my plans to present new fighter proposals to publishers have been delayed infinitely or indefinitely as i haven't been able to meet up with those involved that's from sakurai um Even if we are able to announce a new fighter, there is the possibility we are not able to work on development as scheduled. Uh, As of right now, all six characters are due to have been released by December 2021. And that could obviously change. Uh, There was something where he did talk about working from home and this game being so secretive. So they're, they're trying to find ways... (laughs) of taking these, this super secret material out of the office and securely work on that without everything leaking out and all this kind of stuff. So they're, they're faced as I'm sure many developers are with how do we work from home? How do we keep this a secret? How do we keep this under wraps? How do we keep the teams in sync while working remotely? You can't just walk to your friends or coworkers desk and say, Hey, you know, this tree isn't working or this gun isn't firing the way it should, or let's coordinate on this. Um, you know, everyone's trying to figure it out, but game developers, uh, you know, have that extra problem of such a secret industry, uh, so suddenly being forced to work from home and, you know, uh, deal with zoom security issues. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's crazy. It's, uh, yeah. So we'll, we will be seeing some game delays and smash brothers is one to come right out and say, yeah, no, we like expect this.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, you just don't have the same capability of doing, like, especially in a very tech-heavy environment, to do it from home on your standard laptop or something like that. They they need those special tools, dev kits, all that fun stuff. And then they also Mm -hmm. need to play those games together, and that's a big part of how these characters work. They're developed. Um, Are they overpowered? Do they need to be tweaked? That takes uh, people playing against each other and trial and error and things like that. And They just may not Mm -hmm. have the capability to. so. Oh boy. Yeah, Some will be disappointed. Yeah. Yeah, me
1: too. <laughs>
0: yeah. Something that disappointed and- me was Last of Us 2 and Iron Man VR delayed indefinitely. Last of Us 2 was supposed to come out in May. Uh Iron Man VR I believe was an April release and uh, Last of Us 2 was already delayed from its original I believe March or February release. So not without being um that just kind of tells me at this point they're basically saying If we are really truly going to launch this game, we want to launch it when uh, people can still buy physical games, they can do these things, and they know that people are sensitive to uh, financial pressures now. Because Mm -hmm. video games are, while it's great for some of us, other people have lost their jobs, lost their income, and guess what? That's less income to spend on entertainment, and maybe in a lot of ways it's best to push some of these things off when people can, and they don't feel like... You know, are, am I going to sacrifice? And and it's a company that wants to make money, So, and he still has to stay afloat. They can only do so much. So I mean, I, it makes sense. It makes me disappointed. Um, but hey, I can I can sacrifice a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's um, what's what's worrisome or, or strange to me is uh, and and maybe you you hit the nail on the head. So when I was hearing about these delays, I was thinking, man, these games aren't that close to finished that they could just be you know kind of polished up or whatever like that's they they seem so close to release that i immediately assume that any game that would be delayed is something middle of development where again you need that that ability to work in the office and coordinate and have all those meetings and and do all that kind of like this to me seems like oh can't they just kind of put the final polishes on and just kind of ship it out and whatever but um maybe you're right maybe they are holding it back when to, to when the world can be a little bit more normal or something like that, and it's um, that that kind of makes more sense, I suppose. So, uh, yeah, these are these were they were shocking to me, but uh, the way you break it down makes a lot more sense,
0: yeah. I mean, I I, I mean, I, I believe that uh, Neil, Neil Druckmann, who's the executive producer behind the series, was very disappointed. He's like, I really wanted to get this out there, but he understands mm-hmm. it was a decision that was out of his hands, so I uh, mm-hmm. just I don't know if this allows them to do anything else. I know they're under a significant amount of crunch as well. Yeah. Doing the crunch from not your home, eh, once again, don't know what it takes to make a video game. Um, I'm just not that smart to understand the the systems <laughs> and things needed. So, and, and you're right yeah. to the point of like security, moving files, you know, screen yeah. grabs getting out there, you know, you're mm, yeah, that would be horrible if something bad happened during that uh, type of uh, situation.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Takes one person uh, accidentally leaving a hard drive somewhere for that whole game to be leaked on the internet.
0: Uh, or a thumb drive at a medieval time, as they would say. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yes, um, so that takes us out of the news, but we wanted, since we were talking about the, Dual sh- or the the dual sense. It, you and I were talking about hey controllers, you know how they've changed the evolution. And I'm old enough to unfortunately live through most of these. And then you came in uh, at a certain time. You have even dropped uh, a certain control. I'm like, oh, I'm surprised you actually use that. So I thought, hey, let's look and see how controllers have changed over time. So I found a link, and and, and I think we start from the very beginning. And, and some of the, you kids are like, uh, you know, they go back as far as what maybe the Wii or or PS3. <laughs> um, things have changed a bit. And yeah. Mark, we go way, way back. So my first system that I ever owned was the, that I owned, but I'll say the first game I played was an Atari 2600. Although I did play a Pong system yeah. once. And there's one here, um, which is kind of funny. Um, what's what's the first console that you actually played?
1: Uh, the first one that I actually played was an NES the oldest console that I played was an Intellivision that my dad had, but we didn't play that till a few years later. Found it in storage. Uh, at that point, I was, you know, into video games, but we had played NES, Super Nintendo, probably even up to N64 before we actually found that Intellivision and decided, like, oh wow, what is this? I want to plug this in and see how it looks. So I, I have played with the uh, the Intellivision controller. And of course, like old arcade games and that kind of stuff with the Donkey Kongs and, and Pac-Man and everything. So the Atari joystick uh, would be pretty familiar. But uh, is that what you started with, the, the Atari 2600? That was the joystick, single button?
0: Well, the first system I owned was the Atari Uh, 5200 which is kind of funny because it was a game system that was capable with an adapter to play 2600 games but my friends most of my friends had an atari 2600 which um, if anyone's not familiar with it was a single stock like a joystick almost and one single button they also had some weird like uh, paddle controllers where you'd play like kaboom and things like where it was almost like super breakout where you had to move the paddle side by side so it was like a knob you moved side to side and had buttons on the side
1: Mm, okay.
0: So they did have some variation uh in those and not everybody had those cuz it was more money to spend. Um yeah. but yeah, I mean it, but I mean to your point, I my my cousin, he had an Intellivision television and then um my cousin my my neighbor actually had a Pong system. So if I don't know if you've ever seen a, a Pong system what it looked like. I mean, Pong is basically a video game tennis. It was the original one that came out and it was and there's an image here mark of it. it's kind of cool. It's like a little yeah. Console device that has two little knobs. It's got an Atari mm-hmm. button, which I don't understand what an Atari button does, <laughs> and then it's got like another button. It's, this is so basically, one person would turn one knob to move the stick up and down, and another person would do the same thing on a standard, mm-hmm. you know, black and white thirteen-inch TV.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Atari button looks like it might be the on button. Uh, okay. Just looking at this image. Sure. Um, but yeah, man, it doesn't even look like those controllers. Detached? disconnect from this uh this unit uh, i might be mistaken here but yeah it looks like you'd have to sit very very closely together so imagine playing on a switch but the joy cons are attached and you each have one joy con is <laughs> essentially how this kind of looks e- e- only even possibly even closer together uh, which which is uh, amazing
0: yeah i mean so i mean but it was it was fine for what it was at the time but definitely not perfect but um we both mentioned the television that came out in 1979. I didn't realize it was that old. Um, I thought yeah. it was right in the middle of, like, um, ColecoVision, TAR 2600, those type of things. But, yeah, the Intellivision, 1979, and it's a weird-looking controller. These were physically attached yeah. by weird, like, stretchy cables that were, like, twirled. like a are yeah, coiled
1: almost like a old-school, if you remember, wired telephones. Uh, again, kind of dating ourselves. But we're talking about a controller from 1979. So, at this point, who cares? Uh, yeah, basically, like, a telephone wire looking kind of thing all coiled up um had a number pad essentially on it but uh from what i remember about this is it did come with different inlays yeah so you could drop almost like a a card into this controller and it would change based on what game you were playing so if you were playing um you know, a game where you had to go up, down, left, and right, then you drop this card in and two, four, six, and eight, or whatever would would become up, down, left, and right. And, you know, the middle buttons of five might become something. So it would kind of overlay onto uh, whatever controller, like it would adapt to the game, which I thought was super cool because, you know, essentially now we're we're seeing those and that was the big thing with... With the iPhone, if you remember when that first came out, with was Steve Jobs saying, we don't want a keyboard on the screen all the time because a keyboard can't change. It's always a keyboard, but what if you need that to be a controller? These guys back then wasn't a touchscreen like we have now, but essentially they found a very unique and interesting way to change a number pad into a controller. So number pad didn't always have to be a number pad. So it was it, you know, even 1979 or whatever, they were uh, they were thinking about some really cool stuff.
0: It was weird. I mean, it's just the same thing. Those overlays were just an odd thing, and and the fact that they had to add a, a number pad on that was a thing for a long time. A number pad or a, 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 with all these little buttons that <laughs> yeah. really didn't have a lot of uses, which is, like we said, we talked about the you know companies putting too much things into a device that doesn't get mm-hmm. really that used that often. It was kind of like a, what could be, but does anybody really use it? So it was kind of like funny. But the uh, Intellivision had like a, a pad. And it was almost a circular ring, but you pushed that up and down and side to side. It didn't really, I don't think it rotated at all. But talk about a, a, a <laughs> mess for an ergonomic uh, way well, of oh, yeah. control.
1: Yeah. yeah, it was not ergonomically. Uh, and I can, yeah, I can't remember if that thing... Rotated uh, Again, I keep referencing Apple, but I, I can't remember if that was like a the original click wheel that it actually mechanically moved or if it was just there. I honestly can't remember. I'd have to go. I think we still have this console. I doubt it still works, but I think it's at my parents' place. OK, uh, cool. once once this quarantine is lifted, the next time I'm able to go to my parents' place, I'll see if I can dig this up and actually uh, touch the controller. And Ooh,
0: see that's that's uh, going to be fun. Works. Oh, I love yeah. it. Um, one so thing I was looking at this, I was looking at this list. They had something called a Coleco Telstar arcade. Did you see this thing? Uh,
1: it's yeah.
0: 1977.
1: Insane. It's that's like the done a... inside it and the steering wheel.
0: It's yeah. crazy. It's like a three-sided ob- like a tri like a pyramid of a, a piece of plastic and like mark said it had a steering wheel on one side had a, a an old-timey pistol on the other side and then bits and knobs I assume to change whatever
1: Uh okay um, so that what I'm reading here is the steering wheel for uh, of, of course driving games uh the dials in the front, so this this front bit are for like pong, tennis, oh, okay. all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it is those kind of like turning knobs, and then yeah, the gun for for light gun games. So this was, uh, yeah, this was Wii Sports before Wii Sports, man. This <laughs> is like everything, just all the accessories, all in one. This is it's it's amazing to see even this far back, gaming. You know there there's so much has changed in gaming, but not much has changed in gaming. (laughs) You know, we're still using (laughs) buttons. We're still using weird accessories and people still haven't nailed controller design or when they do nail controller design, they're putting out weird accessory controllers and stuff. It's, it's wild. Like this is going back to 1970s and, uh, you know, we're still getting cardboard shooting guns and weird little knobs that serve one purpose and then get forgotten it's
0: i even saw the switch had i don't know if you saw this or not they have a fishing game coming out where you put the joy cons in a fishing rod controller so yeah the days of using plastic pieces to do stuff it's not gone away
1: yeah no not at all yeah not at all
0: yeah, so 1982. That's the first video game system I owned. Was the Atari 5200, which I talked about once again. Had a game, had a number pad where you put an overlay in. Once again, I think it was used by like five games. Didn't really use it much as a kid. Had buttons on the side, and it was the first one that incorporated a pause feature. Before that, games did not have pause. Wow. So it's very cool. Start, pause, and reset. But the bit, the worst thing about this controller incorporated the joystick stock but it was not uh, self-centering. So basically, this thing Uh, broke all the time. Just talk about Joy-Con Drift, Mark. This was like the whole thing would just eventually break, and it was stuck. So I I bought like five or six of these things, so yeah, um, it was not ideal.
1: No. No,
0: not at all. Um, Did you ever play the ColecoVision? I have not, no. Okay. ColecoVision, I had a friend. Everybody had a friend that had a system. My one friend, Steve Jones, had the ColecoVision. I loved it because the ColecoVision at the time, for some reason, had the best ports of Donkey Kong. And a lot of the Nintendo um, arcade systems, for some reason, I'm not sure why, had a fantastic Donkey Kong port. um, And I really loved it. Um, And they had driving wheels and things like that. Um, And also, once again, this had a number pad. I don't think it had overlays, though. I don't remember. But it had... Buttons on the side, again, had a big knob to control, uh, basically, like the almost like the Intellivision as well, but it was mm. raised up a little bit. So you kind of used it almost like you're like using your stick shift in a
1: car. Okay. So, wow. Yeah. Cool. Yeah.
0: So once again, we're kind of in this mode at this point in this era where they were kind of similar using similar – I guess design aesthetics in their controller mm-hmm. and the way they 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 modeled it, and it was basically kind of emulating what arcades did at the time because that's what arcades did. I will say on the Atari fifty two hundred, they even brought out a um, uh, trackpad like a like Centipede, you know, like the ball, sure oh, yeah. ball. So you would buy it. I mean, I think it was probably like eighty bucks. I'm like, that's a really expensive like accessory for like two or five games, two or three games. So yeah. It was kind of amazing they did. Um, Yeah, and then moving on, um, we really get into where I would say it was the next generation of of video games. That was the NES. They completely changed what was out there. You know, a D-pad. They
1: they really defined where modern controllers were going to go. I mean, that that whole layout, you look at it up until that point, and it's a lot of joysticks, a lot of um, weird-looking pads and this kind of stuff, but it wasn't until NES that it was direction couple of action buttons this is how we're going to do this this is kind of standard now of course they also had light guns and this and that but like you could play pretty much every game with this design and uh and and we haven't seen i mean we've seen evolutions but not revolutions i think since then um unless you count you know motion control as a a flash in the pan but really this this has been where modern controllers have come from
0: yeah, and it was funny because you look at the uh, the NES controller is more horizontal, where the other ones were vertical. So it was kind of a change in that as well. And and actually, yeah. how you hit the buttons were on the side. Uh, you know, previously you were using probably your left hand to click the buttons, and your right hand like a joystick. This one changed it, where your left hand was primarily doing the act, the, the movement. So it was interesting how they they designed that. Um, and, and I think this might be the first digital controller as well for movement, meaning the joystick. Uh, the 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 control pad was a little more precise because it mm. was up it was one movement where the other ones were kind of floppy and and a little bit more less exact.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was such a like I said revolution for the time it was, uh, and then you saw Sega a couple of years later, Sega Master System, uh, kind of come with the same kind of thing. Um, they had, I believe, a little. I call it a thumb nubbin because it wasn't a full yeah. joystick uh something <laughs> that you could put in the directional uh pad there but same kind of thing you know two action buttons and then the directional pad and and the the horizontal layout as you you mentioned uh, nintendo kind of pioneering um and then they kind of i i think both of those systems uh sega genesis and the uh, super nintendo really stepped up the game and more uh you know the the originals were very square boxes kind of hurt your hands eventually uh then they said okay how can we make this ergonomically pleasing while really perfecting the buttons and as far as old school buttons until you get into that digital movement of of thumbsticks and this whatever um mega Drive or, or the genesis and the super nintendo controller i think are kind of the top of the games mm-hmm. um you know nice round of designs multiple buttons multiple functions uh just just really really fantastic
0: yeah and the amount of buttons now they were able to really say hey we don't just have to have two buttons i mean we went from most of the systems where they had just one button now to multiple buttons uh shoulder uh you know shoulder pad or shoulder buttons triggers things like that so um we kind of i mean it was amazing how well we adapted i mean it was just throwing things at the wall um three (laughs) buttons six buttons i mean yeah it was kind of crazy um, how we've changed uh, and adapted.
1: yeah um, I, I still like you know like i said uh, for for a two d game, I personally don't think you can get any better than a Super Nintendo controller. No. Until, I mean, you know, uh, until you need that joystick, I really I challenge anyone to find a, a, a better controller for, for that generation of stuff. Uh, of course, we did see some really weird stuff. Uh, I don't even know what this is. I just saw it on the list the Sega Activator. Yeah, that was kind of like a
0: motion. It sensed motion, <laughs> so you can move in it. It's like a little circle. You stood in it. Apparently, you had little cameras, and you could like punch and things. It's almost like the, the pre connect.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, apparently it was super inaccurate, costly, flop like crazy. But uh, 1993, to see Sega taking a weird swing like that, you think that Nintendo's the one that always does the weird stuff, but not always. Uh, There have been people that tried it. Uh, Nintendo might just be the ones that wait for the technology to be good enough to actually possibly do it, minus the Virtual Boy, we won't mention that.
0: Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I, I want to yes. show a, a, a shout-out to the Commodore 64. I had a Commodore 128. It was my first PC, and they went back, kind of back, when they redid theirs. Basically, they said, oh, let's do those sticks again, and it was almost like an Atari stick. Um, it had little suction cups on the bottom, so actually, if you wanted to do a flight <laughs> controller or something like that, your, your stick wouldn't move, and, but it added more buttons, kind of trigger, and top button, like you're controlling a flight s- simulator, which was very common today, so... Um, those weren't great either, but still, it was it once again trying new things, giving more options. Um, and PCs definitely struggled with actually um, input systems because mouse, and, mouse and keyboard were still not that great at the time. So, um, yeah, it was hit or miss. I remember trying to play uh, Mortal Kombat on my PC before gaming, uh, <laughs> which actually was a thing. Mortal Kombat, a P- our arcade port on my in 1993, and they didn't even have uh, like game pads. And I'm like, I'm not going to play this on a keyboard and mouse. <laughs> Ew,
1: yeah, it was Mercy. a bad idea. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, Wow, Jaguar, look at Jaguars controller, Mark. Bringing back the keypad.
1: Yeah, yeah. That seemed like a good idea for some reason. That really worked out for Jaguar, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, I don't know, I don't know how many people <laughs> owned a Jaguar. Well, my I once yeah. again, I had a friend who owned a Jaguar, played it. Uh, yeah i can't say much about that but it was just homunculus it was huge it was yeah. unwieldy it and didn't really offer a lot of great advantages
1: yeah um you know the neo geo cd super expensive uh console didn't do too much interesting with the controller uh so, arguably sony playstation the original controller um didn't really do too much that was interesting out of the box kind of thinking in the original one, anyway. You know, didn't have the thumbsticks at that point, didn't have, you know, like the Dual Shock or anything like that. Um, iconic for sure, but, uh, you know, when you compare that to the N64 controller and see how weird, what kind of strange octopus man that was designed for, it was like uh, Nintendo's really going in some different directions while Sony is. Kind of building on what the past has been, but not not taking it in bold new directions. So, uh, what do you think about that kind of generation?
0: It was weird because yeah, Sony they they changed mid-generation because they that the, the yeah. their well originally it was just a PlayStation controller, and it added like I think the extra thing that they added was an extra R two R two and L two. They, they add that where there wasn't yes, those yeah. before and it had the longer stocks, which we are very familiar yeah. with that basically adds a little bit more, um, controller, uh, you can lay out your hands a little bit better, but yeah, the N64, I mean, the analog stick was a big deal. I mean, that was a mm-hmm. big change to make 3d gaming important, but I never understood where, why they had all these extra stocks and where you were supposed to hold your hand. And yep. did anybody really use the D pad that often? Nope. nope. Uh, I had like triggers, and then it added, so um, it added the expansion packs, right? Was there expansion packs? In, no, there was. There's an
1: expansion. Yeah, the memory pack went in the back of the controller and the okay. rumble pack. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and you know, wildly expensive for the the first party stuff, and then third parties kind of came up with. Uh, be- because it was kind of swap, So you'd have to swap them in or you could only use the memory pack and not the rumble pack. But then third parties would come up with one that was like the rumble pack went in first and then the memory pack went into the rumble pack. So it was, yeah, weird accessories for sure. But, uh, when you combine the N64 controller and super Mario 64 game over, man, that was, uh, that was a game changer. And you didn't see PlayStation catch up until, uh, I guess, 97. So it took them a year to uh, to build the DualShock. But in between then, we did have Apple. You think Apple Arcade's the first time Apple Ooh. really got into gaming? Wrong. Oh, Apple Bond Bandai Pippin. Uh, super short lived, crazy expensive, <laughs> <Wow>. weird <laughs> controller with a track ball in the middle <laughs> and just a boomerang design. You thought the boomerang. Oh, no, I
0: know where PlayStation 3 souping. tried to steal their design from, yeah. Mark. Oh, my yeah. God.
1: Apple was that stupid long before PlayStation. Um, yeah. Moving on.
0: <laughs> yeah, please. Let's let's move on. Uh, Microsoft did create some cool um, game pads for PC. The, the Sidewinder series. They actually oh. had some really cool innovations with uh, amazing. Uh, uh, with feedback, they did a long, right? And that was one of the ways you could actually use a, a controller on your PC. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they learned a lot that when they actually created for Xbox. But yeah, um, yeah, the, the DualShock uh, was a big deal because it actually allowed for, what we would say, modern, um, I guess with tool, two di- dual analog sticks, that allowed mm-hmm. you to do two ranges of motion, up and down, forward and back, uh, which allowed for first-person shooters on consoles, which really wasn't a thing. I mean, I remember when the Dreamcast tried it with one analog stick and then used the the, the, the buttons on the top to do your up and down everything. It was a hot mess.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, go back and, and try to play a first-person shooter. As, as fond memories as I have of GoldenEye and Turan for N64 or whatever, uh, going back to play them now without that second an, uh, that second stick is, uh, is painful. So PlayStation... You know, we said when they they first started off with the PlayStation controller, weren't really doing anything exciting. This completely changed that. They just, yeah, this again uh, for the NES and the Super Nintendo being defining of the 2D generation, the DualShock 1997 completely defined modern 3D gaming.
0: Yeah, I remember playing, what was it, Medal of Honor for PlayStation and that was a fun first-person shooter, and they actually got it right. So, yeah. And yeah. then it just took off from there. It was great. The Dreamcast. So we talked about that a little bit. I mean, it, it was a weird design. It had the the mm-hmm. the 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 uh, the the cord at the bottom, which was a bad design. They yeah. Had the whole thing to hold it like that, but and then it had the one analog stick. So, but beyond that, though, the big thing I think that they changed was the VMU, which is such a weird thing, mm-hmm. like the expansion pack of the N64. But it had a little almost a Tamagotchi type of screen. You could do some things, secondary gaming, and then you would plug it in. You show plays on the 2K series of like football. Very Mm -hmm. odd, but obviously did not take off.
1: No, interesting uh, idea. I remember again, a friend had one of these. I didn't, but uh, I remember seeing that and being like, this is so weird, but kind of cool, but kind of uh, I'm not going to get it because I'm waiting for... GameCube or something else at that point. And it wasn't until a couple of years later, but is, you know, in a weird launch window of, I'm happy enough with the N64. And I know Nintendo is going to come out with something else that's new. So why pick up this weird mid generation strike kind of thing? So it's a, you know, um, very switch approach actually kind of launching mm-hmm. mid cycle, but yeah. this switch worked and this didn't. So it's, no. a, you, you never know. Um, Speaking of GameCube, fantastic controller. Such a great design. Uh, You couldn't mess up. I liked you could play this blindfolded. You knew where A was because it was so big. Uh, X and Y, the little jelly beans up on the top. And then uh, the B, the slightly smaller one. Um, This was a a great, great controller. Uh, Lacking... One shoulder button, which made ports of other games very yeah, it was difficult. very odd stupid yeah. de- stupid design decision in my opinion um, but you know you look at, we, we mentioned these before you look at uh, you know power A controllers and they've added that extra button and it it makes this such a oh, great yeah. controller. I love it far better I love yeah.
0: it. yeah, it was such yeah. an asymmetrical design. everything was a little bit mm-hmm. different. everything like you know, um hey, we're gonna make a D-pad, but we're gonna make it super small. Don't understand that. And then the C-Stick not having like the traditional hat or, or mm-hmm. it, it just made it very odd. And did they make this original controller? Was it the, the design against Smash Brothers? I can't remember why they made They uh, typically make I a controller so, yeah. for a specific game in mind. And then they adapt like N64 with Mario 64. Mm-hmm. But yeah.
1: Yeah, it would have been, been probably Smash. Yeah, I, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, I can't. Imagine them designing this for Luigi's Mansion. Uh, so, so Smash would have been the one. Um, but yeah, this controller was fantastic. And then the the WaveBird kind of... Uh, oh, yeah. First real you know, wireless. Going off of yeah. Coming out of the real wireless, of course, needed that adapter to plug into um, the radio frequency uh, to plug that into your, your, um, your GameCube. But uh, man, such a, a great... Great design, great wireless, and it actually worked. Uh, yeah. There had third party wireless uh, PlayStation controllers and whatever up until then, but uh, they, they never really worked well. Um, you had to be direct line of sight and within a certain distance. This thing just freaking worked, man. It was um, yeah, fantastic.
0: Yeah, I had uh, before it was the PlayStation 3 and Xbox uh, which one was it? Xbox, the original Xbox. These Logitech uh, or yeah, Logitech wireless controllers, and they were the best that you could get at the time. Still bad, but still yeah. bad. But yeah, so that yeah. was the thing. And it was interesting that the, the the GameCube actually was the one that introduced offset sticks. Yeah. Which, which is surprising, because that brought in Xbox, which then the infamous Duke came out.
1: <laughs> that big mother, shut your mouth. Um, yeah, man, that was a big controller, but uh, definitely stood out.
0: Yeah, and those two little buttons—the black and the white buttons—it was funny because playing right. some of those Xbox games, I'm like, "What crap? Which one are the uh, black and white buttons?" So it's like, apparently, those are the 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 um, the, the bumpers. But yeah, um, and they also still had um, an
1: insert for uh, memory cards.
0: I to remember That's what was in the original Xbox controllers? There was like, I think there was insert. There
1: was a, for an expansion slot up yeah. top, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we go we go straight out. like I said, the flash in the pan that was motion control, we get the Wii, Wii and Nunchuck. People saw it, they didn't know what to think, but it was instantly understandable when you actually held it in your hand, uh, especially just the Wii Mote for Wii sports and stuff. Uh, you know it was it was a, a game changer for a bit, really did Nintendo's blue ocean strategy, but uh, didn't permanently change things. You know, we're still seeing some motion controls in some things, but uh, overall, you know, like I said, flash of the pan kind of thing.
0: Yeah, and actually, reduced the amount of inputs on it because really you're using motion. But really, on the the mm-hmm. the Wiimote, you had a trigger and the A button. That was about it. Or was yep. there another one? I can't remember. Uh,
1: there was. I mean, there was the the pad up top the directional pad top Mm -hmm. so you could hold it sideways because you had the one and two buttons on the bottom so you could hold it almost and it was essentially reduced to an nes controller at that point Mm -hmm. yeah um but yeah for for 3d games it did you you did miss out on that second analog stick it was relying on motion control because the the uh nunchuck attachment had the one analog stick but you missed it on the other side so you couldn't do Again, that first-person shooter, you had to to use the motion control, which, you know, is what it is. Uh, Worked for some games, didn't work for others. Uh, Killed a lot of could-be, would-be ports, I think. But, uh, you know, it it, it kind of kept Nintendo in business for a little while, for sure. But, uh, you know, we've seen things move back to a more traditional look, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, with Xbox 360 was a fantastic controller. I love that yep. controller. Took the the giant Duke and shrunk it down to a more ergonomically friendly size. Had a weirdly big battery pack in the back of it, but otherwise, it was still a pretty good controller.
0: Oh yeah, and I I just got, got my my Xbox 360 controller that came with it. Has not held up very well. The rubber on those things can okay. kind of degraded. But I did find a, a newer one that I got, which is much better. But yeah, I mean, it kind of, uh, well, it's again iterated to make it was controller. It, it, it basically, what Xbox Xboxes ground on to say this is the way we are going to move forward with uh, controllers. They they didn't add many more buttons. Um, they added, the, I think it was the forward and the back button or whatever they called them. Uh, mm-hmm. They've had so they've sorry, always had sorry. weird names for their start and select. Um, yeah. back in the day, yeah
1: yeah exactly they haven't changed that um you know we saw everyone try to copy the wii uh with the connect and the playstation move uh connect uh, obviously has not lasted very well and was introduced as a pack-in with this generation and and uh kicked microsoft's ass back uh and let sony take the lead um And it was interesting to see Sony able to pivot so much because we've mentioned the light bars, we've mentioned all that kind of stuff, and that was all based around PlayStation Move. If you see these big wand controllers with the bubblegum lights on the top, Um, the PlayStation 4 controller, that's why the light bar is facing out on the original designs. Uh It was meant to emulate these lights and have the PlayStation Move camera pick up what you were doing and be able to track these controllers, and, and they saw how... Uh, railed Microsoft got with the Kinect stuff in the box and said, "Okay, we're taking this out of the box. These lights no longer make any sense." And uh, you know, it's so it's interesting to see the the motion controls and all that technology that they spent all this time catching up to Nintendo. Still, even to this day, it's alive be inside <laughs> the controller design, right? And and have these weird little uh, leftovers and stuff. Uh, it's it's such an interesting weird time in gaming to 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 see these leftover things of something we thought would be game changing and since again kind of fallen off
0: yeah apparently there's some rumors that back in the day nintendo you used to reuse a lot of their components for their new uh, controllers so they could just Hmm. repurpose the molds and everything and dies from uh, from expense perspective. Sony did yeah. the same thing, but people would say that that's the worst thing of PlayStation VR is those move controllers, so yeah. Yeah. Eh, worst of both worlds. Uh, then the GamePad came in and basically said, let's do some tablet gaming. This was like the Fisher-Price <laughs> <laughs> application of their, their the thing, which I, it didn't bother me. I actually enjoyed the GamePad controlling yeah. and thing. Never thought it was that bad. Um, and the battery life kind of sucked and the range sucked, but it was a cool concept and we, it's what got us to mm-hmm. really where the switch is today
1: yeah the uh the the worst thing i think about the gamepad aside from the, the fisher priceness of it all uh was the inline sticks on the top yeah have those pushed down to the bottom or, or you know stagger them like the switches now but to have those both up on the top i always thought was such a a uncomfortable and weird design choice that yeah it top never stuff like, Yeah. it was weird to to hold and control uh and the pro controller for the the wii u was was not much better um so it was yeah it was it was a weird weird kind of design but uh it led like you know, led the way to switch i think mm-hmm. nintendo had to make that misstep in order to go in the direction that they went and obviously that's a very successful direction so um unfortunate but the the games on wii u i will still say were were fantastic we're seeing a lot of ports nowadays mm-hmm. um just the the controller situation across the board was such a friggin mess.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was uh, mistakes were made, but uh, I think they they use that console as a learning uh, opportunity to move them forward to the next step. Uh, like I said, if the Wii, Wii U had a longer range, I would have mm. been significantly happier with it because at this point, if you were like more than fifteen to twenty feet, you couldn't take it. So I'm like, essentially, the feature was nice, but it wasn't uh, that user friendly if you wanted to play it in the house. So.
1: Yeah. I I couldn't go out to my kitchen. And so my, my living room is directly connected to my kitchen, but Mm -hmm. because there is a a small dividing wall in between there, I, I couldn't go out there. It couldn't talk through one thin wall with a door in it, uh, to lead to the kitchen. Right. So it was, uh, yeah, it was (laughs) when, when you look at it that way, like, yeah, you're not, you're not taking this anywhere. That's, that's uh, essentially not line of sight. Really. It's, it was, it was pretty bad.
0: Yeah, it almost if they wished they'd created like almost a repeater so you could put it in the house. Yeah. that would have been a yeah. smart decision. But maybe that was just the lag was just too much. But yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we get to the you know the the current gen controllers. Um, Xbox really mm-hmm. refined, only added impulse uh, triggers, and they just refined the feel so it's clunkier. Uh, feels a little bit more substantial. But then the DualShock Four. I mean, like I said, I don't like the look of it because it looks like a. Nope. a it's a two-tone. Um, it did add the touch pad, which was sparingly used. Now it's just like a big button. <laughs> it's yeah. really, it's like, it's like I said, it's the map button. Boom, push it. You could <laughs> yeah. trace on it. You could trace on it. Um, that was about it. And then uh, I had the light bar for tracking. That was about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the the touch again. That's and that's the the reason I'm I'm worried about the the dual sense is the touchpad was so significantly underused and and could have been cool, could have been really neat, but uh, like you said, it's it's the map button, which is a sad cool. kind of realization. So, yeah. um, so there we go. And that you know, of course, X, X- Xbox also introduced the Elite controller this generation, which is going to continue on for the next generation and is uh, probably the best controller you can buy right now console wise yeah. it is an expensive uh thing i've i don't have one personally but from everything i've heard this is the best controller money can buy
0: yeah i heard the elite 2 had some issues um and the biggest concern i have with the elite 2 is the uh the actual warranty mark i didn't realize it was only 90 days oh wow that seems Criminally short for something so expensive, and I feel like if they felt like the quality was good enough, they could say it's a two-year warranty. Why not? You're spending this right. money, so. But yeah, I've always thought that'd be great. They've they basically even Sony had to they, late in the late stage. They brought out that um, what's it called? The touch. Oh, it was like almost like um, paddles on the bottom. That attachment they just—oh yeah,
1: yeah—the the, yeah. The new attachment thing.
0: Yeah, but I've heard people yep. love that. I think the back paddles are going to be the next innovation of next gen, where people yeah. are just loving it. I've heard Sean Capri talk about that he can't go back. Uh, yeah, said that. so I think that would be cool if we saw that as kind of a standard bearer. But as of right now, we know Xbox um, Series X is not really doing that with their controller. The only add thing that they're doing for theirs is they're adding in the share button, essentially.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, and that kind of brings us to uh, Nintendo with the Switch, uh, the Joy-Con. We've already talked about the Pro Controller. I don't think it has to be touched on too much. But uh, the the Joy-Con, uh, we've, we've mentioned, has so much tech packed into such a tiny little space. That not all of it's always been used. One thing I love that I think is underappreciated, maybe, maybe not, uh, HD Rumble. I love mm-hmm. when it's fun when games take advantage of it. Uh, um, now, that does to mean you can feel an ice cube in your controller or something like that. But uh, even you know, in in Mario Kart, when you pick something up, and the vibration kind of also produces a sound, mm-hmm. so it sounds like if you if you listen closely, it sounds like you're picking up a coin. Or uh, in in Mario Party, uh, the controller kind of makes a sound while it vibrates and it it it's it's really weird. Listen closely next time you're playing one of these games. Um again, uh they they're expensive because they pack in so much technology, a lot of which is not used, but uh I I think the the Joy-Con, the Switch, uh, I think we've talked about it enough that, you know, it's it's a versatile little thing and it's it's really really Cool. I wish the Joy-Con drift wasn't such a big mm-hmm. problem. Yep. But uh, I think what they've done this generation um, with the versatility of the Switch is, uh, is is really amazing.
0: Yeah, and I think it's great. And I, what I would love to see, and I've talked about this before, I've even bought a set of controllers to adapt for it, is essentially a revision of the Joy Cons, which make it a little bit more substantial, more like a yeah. pro controller that can be split. Because I think that would be uh, that would really help myself play switch more um on the go um uh, but mm-hmm. i think it's cool and once again it's made it so it's it's multiplayer right on the box put it up there it's a cool idea it's versatile does some really cool things so yeah, yeah um, for one sure. thing one thing i did forget about the, the dualshock 4 i keep forgetting this but it, what it has is it has a speaker built in right and then yes, it happens every once in a while you, you hear it out of the blue and you're like oh i forgot that thing even existed so yeah. far
1: so bizarre yeah yep Definitely, and we'll we'll see that again. Continue uh, with a speaker and microphone built into uh, PlayStation Five. So, um, yeah, very very cool.
0: Well, folks, thank you for joining us on this uh, reminiscing about where we've come. We we you know going back and like I said, going back and playing older games. You sometimes forget how sometimes those controllers lack some things that make things so much better today. So. I'm happy where we are now. I don't. I don't want to go back to uh, one stick Atari 2600.
1: <laughs> no, no, controller. for sure. Uh, yeah, like I said, even going back and playing N64, uh, you miss that that second thumbstick. It is tough to go back, and it's uh, for me even tough. <laughs> some people hate me for this, but it's tough going to a PlayStation controller. Yeah, because I like offset sticks. I'm so used to the the Switch and the Xbox as my main two consoles with those offset controllers that touching uh, or picking up a, a PlayStation 4 controller right now it's like oh why <laughs> so you get so used to uh certain things that it's uh, it does become uh, a little difficult to go in a different direction
0: yeah and absolutely even something as simple as myself i get thrown off by the the buttons the abxy how they're laid oh, out versus yeah. the PlayStation and then the Xbox yep. It totally throws me off at times. That's my biggest controller. I don't mind the offset versus the standard sticks. I'm fine with that. But yeah, those those buttons that are like, oh wait, where are Nintendo's A B X Y lined up?
1: Anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's hundred uh, percent. Yeah. Let's
0: see. Oh well. Uh, well, <laughs> folks, um, there's ways to tell us what your favorite controllers were, or what you'd like to see with controllers coming, or how you feel about the Dual Sense. And that is uh, reach out to us on Twitter at Tiaxtra. At the Canardian, uh, at Secret Friends U, or you can call us on the hotline.
1: 1 872 225 2496. I got gotcha. you
0: thank you mark and then also on the facebook page uh and facebook group and if you do any of those things reach out to us the call or you leave a review you can be entered into a giveaway for round guard on xbox one uh congrats awesome. to luke lore for winning and he was gracious enough to actually give that three-month game pass away so thank you luke for being uh, a very charitable person awesome Well, folks, uh, this was a long one, but uh, you only get us every two weeks. So, you know, hopefully we can make it enjoyable and you can follow. We will see you back in two weeks. Hopefully the world is in a better place than how we left it. So thank you, Mark.
1: Thanks. See everyone.
0: It's always better to play together, even if it's online
1: introducing burger time the home video game where you're a
0: chef trying to make hamburgers there's just one problem the food is trying to make hamburger out of you burger time only from mattel electronics
1: we are closed now